your pal Sully's a little bit under the weather right now, but not as sick as Phillies fans were this NLCS. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now. And I am now in my, oh, Jesus, my just finished five full seasons as a host here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter or whatever it's called now, and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on the Instagram. And let me tell you something, that this podcast is brought to you in part by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook and is an official partner of the National Football League. Hey, do you want to put in a $5 bet and get back some quality, quality cash back? How about 150 bucks? What you should do is check out FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. And we're going to learn a lot more today because we have a guest today. I'm a little under the weather, I'm a little coughing, so I don't think I can go nine. But no one goes nine anymore. In fact, I think three innings is a quality start. But you know what's going to come in from the pen? To help me out here, it's our good friend Connor Thomas from Locked On Phillies. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Sully. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm in for relief, so I got you with that, whatever you need. And we've got plenty to talk about with the Philadelphia Phillies. That's true. And, you know, when I was one of the first things I remember, early baseball memory was pretending I was Tug McGraw <laughs> getting the final out in the 1980 World Series and reenacting that on our front lawn. Just throwing the hands up <clears throat> and everything. Yeah, so yep. I did and sort of jumping over and looking over at Schmidt. Um, and I also remember the second out was was when the ball popped out of Boone's hand and Rose caught it in the air and he ran back and he kind of dribbled it as he ran back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> at the time, it didn't, it didn't occur to me that the Red Sox were allowed to play in the postseason. <laughs> and I had many, many relatives who grew up in Delaware who were all big Phillies fans. So when the Phillies won, I figured that's probably as close to a World Series championship as I'll ever experience. So there you go. And, f- and that year was the only World Series. Philadelphia fans ever experienced. Hey, um, I wanted to sort of, before we jump head first into this, I'm going to bring up the trivia question here. The trivia question was, when was the last time an American League team won the World Series with both the World with they won the World Series and they had that year's American League MVP and Cy Young Award winner? Now, The Phillies, by the way, did it in 1980 with Steve Carlton and Mike Schmidt. The most recent right. time it's happened at all was um, was oddly not when Buster Posey won the MVP in 2010 because Roy Halladay won the Cy Young. That the most recent yeah. time it happened at all was 1988 with Kirk Gibson and Oral Hershiser, and mm-hmm. we got an answer which was not 100 percent the answer I was looking for, but I'll I'll give it to him. Uh, Dan Bourgeois says. Going with the 1984 World Series champion, 
Tigers, Willie Hernandez was the, was the MVP and Cy Young Award winner. And you know what? <clears throat> Dan Bourgeois, you're right. I did phrase it in a way that was someone won the MVP and someone else won the Cy Young Award. But because you got that correct, I'll give you credit. That is correct. <laughs> now, the last time it was two different people, one person winning the MVP, one person winning the Cy Young, and they won the World Series in the American League. Do you know when it was? I don't. 1961. Oof, Whitey Ford and Roger Maris. It was before my time, and I'm 51. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, 11 years before my birth. So, yeah, Roger Maris won the MVP. Whitey Ford won the Cy Young. And there have been no American League World Series champions who claimed both of them, with the exception of that 84 team. So I will give it to you, Dan, because that's technically right, and I probably was a little – um, vague and talking about, but hey, <clears throat> um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Phillies. But before we dive head first in the Phillies, I do want to take an overlook at the National League East in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Phillies came really one rally away from making it back to back pennants. They're still in a division with the Atlanta Braves, who last year the Phillies derailed, but they were in a, they were a wonderful, wonderful team. Um, the Marlins made it to the playoffs. And then promptly fired Kim Eng and for reasons I still don't understand. Um, and it's difficult to see what they're going to be doing. And the Mets seem to be in full rebuild mode, which, <clears throat> frankly, I think is intelligent. Because I think if, that, if now is not the time, then build that team. Um, but And, of course, you have the Nationals, who I think are going to make some improvements. But I don't think they're a contender yet. Tell me, as a Philadelphia guy and there's few bigger Philadelphia guys than you. What team gives you the most headaches, and what team that had hope for last year do you think is going to regress? Yeah, I don't see the Marlins being as good uh, next year as they were this past year. So if you're looking at a regression team, it's got to be them. I mean, the the Mets, I don't think they're going to be better, but it's going to be hard to be worse. They had a collapse of a 2023 the Nationals, I never get a read on them because they've been kind of in the same – since they won the World Series, they've kind of been in a situation where it's just like everything has gone wrong for them. But the Marlins, I feel like they played out over their skis a lot this year to find a way into the postseason. I don't see them doing that again in 2024. But the team that gives me the most headaches, it's got to be Atlanta. It yeah. has to be. They're a juggernaut team over the past two seasons. They've been – like when you look at the past two seasons combined, They've been the best regular season team in baseball. And yet in the postseason, you've handled them. So while they give you headaches in the regular season, it seems that the Phillies have the postseason formula to beat Atlanta. Here's what scares me, though, Sully. Like when you see two major upsets in back-to-back years in the postseason, 2022 was a bigger one than this past year, but still both were upsets. It's like, well, I don't see Atlanta slowing down. And I don't know how much longer you can count on the Phillies just every October knocking off a 100-win Braves team. So right. I wonder when that magic's going to run out, and that's what scares me about the East. And I think it was – it really – this year was kind of it, – it It was uh, – it could tip either way this year. I mean, they the Braves could very easily have won one of the last couple of games in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, and the Phillies are you – know, I'm sorry, the Braves are looking – to deal for Dylan Cease because the White Sox are in full, let's blow it up, which is strange in a way because 
it's one of the most winnable divisions in baseball and the defending champions just lost their ace and and their number two starter and the other potential contender in cleveland looks like they're trading their race away so you would think if you're the white Sox, you'd say do we have a chance to sneak in with 84 wins but they seem content to say now we're gonna put two sticks of dynamite in um but that that's the that's for the braves to savor if they pull off this deal because Look, at Cease didn't have a great year last year, but he's still a solid major league pitcher. And you put him onto that team, uh, it, it gives you what you need, which is another major league pitcher in that rotation. Yeah, I also wonder how they're going to handle because they've clearly put an emphasis on the regular season. You see how much, and it's their position players, not their pitchers, but how much Ronald Acuna plays, how much Matt Olson plays, uh, how much uh, Ozzie Albies plays, uh, how much Austin Riley plays. These are guys that are out there for 150-plus games uh every year and you wonder too with their pitching staff they've had guys unavailable or ailing from something in the past two postseason series against the Phillies last year was Spencer Strider dealing with a lower body injury that he clearly wasn't himself this year uh, they had guys unavailable to pitch in total like Charlie Morton was not available for the NLDS at all because of an injury so I wonder too if we're going to see a reassessment of strategy from the Braves in the regular season and kind of do what the Phillies have done, which is get rest where you can get it, win enough to find a way in, and the Braves are probably still good enough to win the division, and then go into the postseason with a full focus on that. Well, then if that's the case, then the Phillies are a surefire bet to get back to the postseason. And Mm -hmm. hold on, talking about bets. Yes, let's talk about FanDuel. Of course, and our squad over there, the number one sports book, and you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. I'm a big birds guy. I'm a Philly guy. And if you just bet $5 on the Eagles, chances are you're going to end up having a winning bet. They're 10-1. and one. So go ahead and make some money on your favorite team or the favored team. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. They got so many bets in a very easy-to-use app interface. Spreads, player props, over-unders, parlays, futures. All of that stuff is available. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season right well. They say the NFL season doesn't start till the weather changes in the Northeast. When these teams start running the ball, this is the perfect time to jump in on it. And uh, FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. And by the way, Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts on Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. None of those words would have made sense 15 years ago. No, they wouldn't have. It's crazy no. where we're at now, right? I know. So you and I would not have been able to do this 15 years ago. No. Um, let's talk a little bit about 15 years ago. I think the Phillies had the likes of Halliday and Oswalt and Hamels and Ryan Howard. Am I right? Uh, no, Halliday and Hamels and Oswalt would have been later. So 15 years ago, what does that put us at? 10 would be 13. 
that would be 2008. So it would have been that World Series team. Right, still have Hamels. They would still, still have, have Hamels. Victorino, Utley, yeah, Hamels, Howard. Utley, Victorino. Yeah. Let's see if I can name him. Let's see. I'm not a Phillies fan. Let's see if I can name okay. him. Ruiz was catching. Yes. Howard at first. Mm-hmm. Um, Utley. Yeah. Um, Rollins. Uh, Pedro Feliz. Correct. I thought um, you were going to miss Pat that one. Pat Burrell. Yep. Uh, Shane Victorino. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's uh, I keep confusing him with Hunter Pence because um, he later went to later went to Washington. What's his name? He did Jason uh, Worth. <laughs> Jason Worth. That's right. Yeah. Um, who else? Yeah, then Matt Stairs was off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see. You also had um, who's Brad Lidge guy? closing. Brad Obviously. Lidge closing. Perfect season. So you had the rotation of Hamels. Mm-hmm. You had you didn't have Lee or Halliday yet. Nope. You had Blanton. Right. You had Jamie Moyer. Yep. And there was one other one. Was it Brett Myers? Was he his starter on that team? Yes, Brett Myers was on that team. Okay. Too. And uh, um, there was one other guy who was uh, – um, oh, there's a, I just remember a couple of guys coming off the bench. Like Chris Coast, was he on that team? Chris Coast. Jeff Jenkins was on <clears throat> Jeff that Jenkins, team. Jeff Jenkins, that was the guy because he yeah. used to be with Milwaukee. And, Matt and he Stairs started the year and starting in right field, and then Jason Worth won that job over the course of the season. So, yeah. Yep. And Matt Stairs hit the big home run in the playoffs against Los Angeles. Correct. That was a great team. And hopefully the Phillies are still looking for their next World Series team, which is crazy to say 15 years later and haven't gone back to the World Series twice since then. But yeah, just haven't cashed in. And go to FanDuel. OK, no, we already did the read. Um, so, OK, look at you thought and I thought they're going to back to back World Series this year when they 100%. when they won the second game, 10 nothing and went back to Arizona. I mean, I thought maybe the D-backs were going to sneak one game in. You, you give, you get any team, one team just out of respect on their home field. But I was like, this is, you know, you know, when they took the lead in game four, I was like, the series is done. This is it. Toodaloo. Get a cab. Right. And when they came home up 3-2, I thought, well, hey, good for the Diamondbacks for not losing on your home turf. And then just the final two games – I mean, the last game was actually one of the best games of the postseason. There w- was not a great postseason, let's be honest. Um, there were a couple of very good games. I don't know if there was a, a classic. Uh, I think game seven of the NLCS would have been a classic if Schwarber was able to come up with as the tying run mm-hmm. in the ninth inning. I think that's what that game that needed that showdown, whether he's, you know, <clears throat> whether he hits the home run to tie it or, you know, he pulls a Carlos Beltran looking at called third strike. Yeah, that needed that moment, and instead it was a very good game. But then, you know, it went to the the, the gulp. What the Diamondbacks are the, in the World Series, and while we're all happy for Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks, <laughs> um, that was just a the forearm shiver. That was that that series was Albert Bell, and the Phillies were Fernando Vina. And if anyone understands that reference, then yep. you love '90s baseball. But. Uh, <clears throat> Tell me the aftermath because I know, as I said, I know a ton of Phillies fans. They were just, they just were in the days for a couple of, for a couple of days, if you will. Yeah, it was unbelievable almost. And the way that you got there was unbelievable because the Phillies had not dropped the game at home in the postseason until playing the Diamondbacks. And they didn't in the first two games at uh, Citizens Bank Park. And you're like, okay, you go there for three and even worst case scenario, They've got to still beat you on your home field, which no one's been able to do. And that team comes into Citizens Bank Park and wins 
back-to-back games where they could have been eliminated. Like That's unbelievable in and of itself. But then the blame game starts, and there were two places where the blame was really placed. The first was the rightful place, I think, and it was largely on the shoulders of Craig Kimbrell in game four and Rob Thompson for going to him in the spot he did in game four for a guy that has not been good anywhere outside of the ninth inning this year for the Phillies. And then the other one was the fact that you're millions upon millions of dollar lineup with superstars all up and down. It went quiet in the last two games of the series. And that's just, it's an anomaly, but it's an unacceptable one. So those are the two things that Phillies fans were constantly discussing in the aftermath of the NLCS. And, a lineup that seemed to be able to score at will in a show. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the thing that was the most bizarre to me. It's like in those games against Arizona, the first few games, it was just like, this is, they they just score whenever they want. And I, I mean, I just, I don't, it, it was like, like Schwarber in the first three games hit 25 home runs. I think I may be wrong, but it just seemed like every time he came to the bat, he had a home run and it seemed like, you know, Harper always got a big hit. And it was it was just sort of like they were toying with him, especially right. when they won the game started by Zach Gallant. And I'm like, right, if they're gonna beat Gallant, I mean, it was it was startling. And they it beat was Gallant like, twice in the series and lost the series. Yeah. That's insane. That, that is insane. That's absolutely insane. And <clears throat> I mean, this is gonna be a strange reference, but Walter Johnson was considered the greatest pitcher of his era. And the first time he went to the World Series, he lost his first two starts, and Washington won that World Series. Mm. You know, you lose. Yeah. You know, he came out of the bullpen to win Game 7. He pulled a Randy Johnson. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he was – I mean, that was a little bit not, – not that Zach Gallen is, you know, Walter Johnson or Randy Johnson or Howard Johnson or Johnson & Johnson, <laughs> but it's still – uh, it's still astonishing that 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 happened because just it was it was so in the bag. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> and and of course, when you saw, like, look at I was, I was very as I said, I was doing a bunch of shows with Millard. I was thrilled for him. He, you know, he's been our host for Locked On Diamondbacks for a few years, and one of those years they lost a, what 108 games or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. So to be uh, a day to day podcaster for a hundred some odd lost team to be rewarded with a trip to the world series that nobody saw coming. Um, I, and you know, and you give, you got to give Arizona the credit. They beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee. They beat the snot out of Los Angeles and they dusted themselves off and beat the Phils. So, you know, it, it, you got to give them credit, but when the series ended, what was the first thing you thought of in terms of what do we need to do? <sighs> wow. I, you know, that's the funny thing. That's what I've been wrestling with this. I asked, the, I asked the tough questions. I should be doing yeah. face the nation. You should. Be. Uh, it's what I've been wrestling with and what I think this fan base has been wrestling with mentally. I don't know that they have to do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anything has to change. I think they were unlucky. I think they were unlucky against the Houston Astros in 2022. And the Trey Turner edition was needed. But uh, I think this past year, they were just unlucky. The offense went cold at a bad time. It's hard to say, like, oh, if the Phillies go to the World Series, they beat that Rangers team. Because that Rangers team was special. And I don't want to take yeah. anything away from the teams that did make it there and the team that won it. But but, but that just, Rangers team was that Rangers team was weird. 
It was a 90-win yeah. team and a legit playoff team. But there were some days they looked like like a 100-win juggernaut. And there were some days – I remember right. one of the – it was a, one of my most watched podcasts was one in September where they were on this massive tailspin and fell out of the playoffs altogether. And I put the little thumbnail on the video saying, Texas fold them. And, uh, and I was like, well, that's it for the, that's it for the Rangers. And if you had told me then that, you know, they would have been winning the world series then I would have said, go to FanDuel where you could put down, you get 150 bucks back on, oh, I'm sorry. We've already did the live read, but, um, you know what? Yeah. Let's, let's just, let's put a pin in that for a second, because I think you made a really great point. And I think I know Phillies fans, have a tendency of not seeing the glass as half empty, but that there's no glass. However, I think there is a lot of hope moving forward. <clears throat> We're with Connor Thomas. I'm your pal Sully. We're doing a locked on MLB, locked on Phillies crossover here, final segment. Um, I think the Phillies did one of the smartest things in the offseason already. Resigning Aaron Nola. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And I totally that, agree. That to me is a very uh, positive sign if you're a Philadelphia fan. And I think you are. And I think that it's a sign of them saying, we don't need to panic. We've mm-hmm. got a good team. We've made big moves. We've got the big stars. You know, a bounce here and a bounce there in game seven, they're in the World Series. Okay? Yeah. And a bounce here and a bounce there in – 2022 they're not in the world series they know they have a good team a star-studded team so let's not break it apart and i think with the minute they signed aaron nola i thought okay they're smart they know they've got their superstars they've got their ace um i think if we learned anything from the 2018 postseason don't put craig kimbrell in high leverage situations i i don't understand that there's a reason why cora brought chris salen to close the world series that year but alas, I'm, I'm. If I'm a Phillies fan, I like what I'm seeing. Yeah, I totally agree. And a lot of fans, like halfway through the season, would have said Aaron Nola get lost because he was up and down all year. But the postseason success of this rotation has been amazing, and that has been the biggest fight that I've had. Is hey, I need to convince this fan base. I've been trying to convince this fan base of how close they really are. Because when you lose two games on your home field to a lesser opponent in what looked like an opportunity year to win the World Series, people just break down. But they've been close. And now I'm very interested to see, because Aaron Nola re-signing, especially once there are rumors that the Braves were sniffing around, like you can't let him go to Atlanta in a division rival. There's no way you could allow that to happen. But once you sign Aaron Nola, there were still reports that uh, the Phillies are still interested in Yamamoto. Uh, there are reports that they're still feeling around some starting pitchers on the free agent market. My question now is Dave Dombrowski and company, they know they're close, but how much are they willing to try and do overkill and go out and get another great starter or another top-level starter? Or will they look at trying to build this team up through the margins, a better closer, uh, a better reliever, uh, a better bench bat that they didn't have this year? So how they approach that will really tell me how – much they feel they need to hammer the talent level of this team. I think they got to go for pitching depth. I do. I think mm-hmm. you have your ace. I don't know what's going to happen with Wheeler. Is he coming back? What's going on with him? Is He's he, coming uh, back. He has one more year, so this okay. will be the well, offseason so, to try so and get So you got Nolan Wheeler at the top. Yes. So you, you need you need to make sure there are major leaguers everywhere. It's what I, I – if people listen to the show, 
are sick to death of me saying this, but it's Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario syndrome. Make sure there are major leaguers everywhere. Make sure yeah. there's at least a actual major. And if you bring someone from the farm and they push that major leaguer out, great. But you got to be able to make sure there's people there. You have the depth there. And I think if you have a pitching staff that's three or four deep and a bullpen that's three or four deep, um, this team is clearly a 90-some-odd win team. Especially, right. I mean, was there a weirder year in baseball history than Kyle Schwarber? Who, they, by, if there by, was, it might have been on this team. Trey Turner had one too. Yeah, yeah, they're both. They, I mean, <laughs> you had. I mean, if someone said, "Oh, this guy's batting 197, he stinks," but his OPS is 817, and he got 115 hits and 126 walks, and so it's either, you know, yeah, he struck out 215 times. But he also homered at will, right? And he played all 160 games. He played 160 games. So, you know, and if you if he could insert if he could be inserted into the lineup, and Harper could be permanently affixed at first base, um, you make sure there's a major leaguer in the outfield. I think this is a low to mid 90 wins team in the regular season. Yeah, I don't think think there's any other not. And I think that punches a playoff ticket, and then you take your chances with this crew. And that's kind of what you got to do. That is the formula, especially with the extra wild card spot. It's just the formula for baseball in the current era. And you can't look at it as we have to compete with the Braves for the NL East. No. Their two NL East pennants are flying high above uh, Truist Park. And they mean absolute jack after going out in the postseason. So that's the key. Just get in with a healthy team, a competitive team, and one with the ceiling of winning a World Series. And the rest is a crapshoot. Yeah. And I think that the Phillies gave their fans the the sign that they needed by bringing back Nola to say, we know this is not, this is not a major rebuild. We know that we've got the majority of this team locked up. And we know there's at least one or two big runs that they could have. And I think if they get Yamamoto, great. They don't need to. Right. They need to get another good starter. They need mm-hmm. to get another good reliever. And sometimes that reliever is a starter who – well, he's got some stuff, but uh, he's not been pitching that well. Great, put him in the pen. See what you got. Yeah, you know, I mean, don't don't be fooled by the tyranny of the save. You know, there it could just be you could need someone to turn around, or just make sure you always have a good reliever coming in. I think the Phillies are in very good shape. And look, at there's one thing Dombrowski knows how to do, and that is get his team to the World Series. That's yep. what he does, and he does it by playing for now. And once he's done with the Phillies, if I were a team like the Pirates or the Angels, some team that's been struggling to get into the postseason at all, I'd say, just bring him on board. What are you going to do? Well, first, got to trade all your prospects away. Done. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Because it works. Yeah. It works. He does, he's you know? a Hall of Famer. He's a yes. lock Hall of Famer in the front office. And to have that with a lineup full of lock Hall of Famers or fringe Hall of Famers, it's just it's a great spot for the Philadelphia Phillies to be. Just the fan base needs to, and they will over the course of the offseason, it needs to understand how close you are and how little needs to change for you yep. to find a way. And also how tough it is to win a World Series. Like you can have the best team in baseball five years in a row, and there's no guarantee you're going to find one. It's just how well, the sport is. It is a guarantee. You're always going to have a good Philly show when you listen to Locked on Phillies mm-hmm. with Connor Thomas. Tell people where they can listen to your show. 
Yeah, go ahead and check us out, Locked on Phillies on YouTube. Please subscribe. We're just a couple away from 2,000 subscribers. And you can also follow me on socials at ConnorThomas975, wherever you get that, and at LO underscore Phillies on uh, X or Twitter or whatever it is. It's Twitter. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, come on. Let's, let's, who, who are we kidding? Um, yeah. And, by the way, once again, Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts on Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Uh, you talked about how hard it is to win a World Series. Well, the Phillies didn't win their first one until 1980. Mm-hmm. 1980, which brings us to our trivia question. Until the 1980 World Series... The Phillies only won one World Series game. What Hall of Famer earned the win for the only pre-1980 Phillies World Series game? Don't you answer, Connor Thomas. That's your trivia question. <laughs> I don't Post know. it <laughs> here on YouTube and all. Well, you don't know, so I may have stumped Connor Thomas. So, uh, well... I gotta take. I gotta take some medicine. Your pal Sully. Uh, your pal Sully needed a call for the bullpen, and thankfully we didn't call Craig Kimbrell. On behalf of Connor Thomas, the host of Locked On Phillies, I am your host of Locked On MLB. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. <laughs>